Coming up, we sit down for a conversation with personal trainer and author Kevin Kearns. Kevin has written a book, Always Picked Last, which has been used internationally to help teach children about bullying. So stay tuned for our conversation with Kevin Kearns coming up next on Chapters. Welcome to another edition of Chapters. My name is Jim Derrick. And on today's program, we are going to speak with an expert in the area of fitness and actually much, much more because he's taken that discipline and turned it into a life-altering lesson that can help kids deal with bullying and their mental health. I want to introduce to you my friend, Kevin Kearns. Welcome, Kevin. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me on Chapters. I appreciate you being here. Um, Kevin, you have a book out. Uh, which the title itself really uh, caught my attention. Always Picked Last is the name of the book. And who among us can't identify with that sentiment? Um, and that title, I know you picked very deliberately because it's exactly what the experience that you had as, uh, growing up. Exactly the experience I had. I wanted, I wanted people to identify with the book the minute they see the cover, the minute they see the title. Kevin, um, much of the work that you've done has to do with bullying. And you have a particular um, ability and affinity for connecting with young people about what it means to be bullied and how importantly they can protect themselves, not only physically, but mentally and put bullying, bullying in the right place. Uh, why did you pick up on, on the topic of bullying? You know, it's an interesting question. Thanks for asking, Jim. You know, it came up. I think the book popped into my head in 2007 and I wrote a couple chapters and kind of left it alone. Then I said, you know, let's, uh, let's go a little further. One connection led to another. I put out a, you know, a good, a best-selling DVD series, MMA, uh, Burma Kearns, the MMA, and we'll get into the Burma Kearns whole thing. Burma Kearns, the MMA basement tapes for MMA conditioning. And, you know, you, you connect the dots and, my new fulfillment company asked if I needed anything else besides fulfillment. I said, geez, I could use, you know, help with a ghostwriter or a writer, you know, even though I write articles for train magazine and uh, train hot fight easy and a bunch of other magazines in the past. I said, I could really use help with this, this book. They put me together with somebody and, you know, I had a client, my oldest client was in his eighties actually fund the book he gave me four grand. He's like, now you got to do it. So I'm like, okay, now I got to do it. You know, she took notes from the chapter. So the book kind of stayed by the wayside back in 2009, 2010. I met this great woman. I forget how I met Kit Birmingham, but Kit and I connected through a mutual friend. Well, Kit reached out to me because she read my story and she fit, she felt compelled. And this was about 2000. 11-ish, and she reached out to me and said, let's have, you know, let's have a conference call. So we're talking. She goes, what do you want to do with this book? I said, reach people. She's like, great. She goes, because if you said you wanted to make a million dollars with this book, but it's probably not going to happen. I said, look, I said, it's cathartic to write this book for me. That's one thing I realized. If we, if we reach one kid 
And basically he figures out that he's not worthless, that there's something else that, you know, he can better himself. He just needs to find his thing. You know, everybody has their thing. Then, then, you know, my job's kind of done. Then the, then the book accomplished what it, what it accomplished. But the, uh, the, the book came from a very, very personal place and that's your, your own personal experience growing up. Yeah. I, you know, I lost my father at a very young age. I was only 12. So I didn't know him that long. Mm. And, um, it, it, it was very tough at 12 when your father's in his, you know, was only, my father was only 48. So, you know, I'm 53 now. Yeah. My 48th birthday was really, was, was really anxious to me, even though I'm adopted, just the number kind of meant something to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it was, it was kind of, even, even though genetically I'm not connected, it just, that number meant something. Of you know? course. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, well, I still, because at, at that point you've, you're, you're now living longer than your dad did. And, and that's a, that's a, that's a big deal. Exactly. Yeah. One of my inheritance was his, you know, his wedding ring. I mean, I've had his wedding ring on since I was 13. Right. That's amazing. And, and, you know, uh, so that's a, that's a traumatic experience. That's your first, maybe not your first, but that's a very uh, big introduction into trauma as a young man. And, but, but it doesn't end there. And unfortunately it gets exacerbated by the fact that you're bullied in school and, uh, and, and I assume outside of school. You know, I, I was never the kid that was athletic. You know, my dad wasn't the best athlete. He was a good man. Um, unfortunately, functional alcoholic which eventually killed him that doesn't mean he was a bad guy you know uh one thing i understand about alcoholism well addiction in general it's a disease you know uh, more people have it than you think that's right and that's you know and, and that's the way it is so so you're you're relatively small in stature as a young man you're you're not uh, the most coordinated uh, kid you're certainly uh, get, at, at best you're getting picked last right as a, as oh, a young, yes. young person and, and you're getting bullied and, um, and your dad dies. I mean, you talk about the perfect storm for, for, a, for a kid. How did you survive? I mean, what, what types of moments in time, do you remember anything in particular that, that, that helped you as a young man at that time? Oh yeah. Lots of times, you know, the thing in the ball field was, you know, Oh, we'll take Kevin, but it's like having nobody. That was the well, famous line. Yeah. Right. Just hearing that's hard, even though. Exactly, and when you and when you grow up in a small neighborhood, and it, you know, I grew up in Everett, right? You know, in a sm small city, and all you know is your neighborhood, or you know your you know your, your relatives in New Hampshire. <laughs> that's about it. Right. That, that's right. a that's your basis of of, of the world, right? Sure. And you know, my father would always he wanted me to be you know tough guy, you know, just punch him in the nose, you know, blah blah blah. I just. For some reason, I didn't have it in me. And, you know, the bullying was, eh, you know, was it bad when I was younger? It wasn't fun. You know, I, I, could, play, I could play softball because the ball was big. Um, baseball, but, eh. But you, eh. Described, you described getting pushed downstairs. You described, oh, yeah. uh, you know, this is physical as well as mental. Uh, and and any time it's physical, it's mental as well. But I speak to people now, Kevin, that are in their 60s. And um, and a lot of these, a lot of men will re reflect back on their youth as if it was yesterday, particularly when it comes to the issue of bullying. Uh, it's, it's not something that goes away, and it's not something any parent should take lightly. 
No, it's a, it's a tough situation. And now cyberbullying is even worse because then it's out there in public. Right. You know, it's out there for everybody. Um, you know, the, the way I got through it is I, I remember that, that, that one year, you know, after my father died, it was the loneliest year because my, my so-called quote-unquote friends kind of turned their back on me. Sure. You know, sure. you know I, I, just, I just had a, an hour conversation with my sister uh, the other day about the whole situation. You know, one thing that at 53 still sits with me is my mother never woke me up. So they knew my, they, they got the phone call from the hospital. They pretty much knew my father was going to die and I never got woken up. Yeah. They thought I was too young. Wow. Now some people say, some people say, well, it was probably better, better for you and the whole bit. And I understand she thought she was doing what was best for me. Sure. She was doing the best she could with what she had at the time, but it had an impact on you that lasts all the way to 53. I would remind everybody, we are speaking with Kevin Kearns, Kevin of Burn With Kearns, and also Beachbod Transformation, a website uh, that you can go to either one of those websites and pick up a lot more information on Kevin Hearn, uh, Kearns. You will also learn about the fact that he has both a personal training uh, uh, presence where he can do one-on-one -on -one fitness consulting, group classes, uh, talk to you about just about anything to do with fitness. He has a tremendous amount of DVDs. Kevin, I was saying to you just before we came on the air that I was watching your YouTube channel and I got addicted to watching your various workouts. Kevin is a mixed martial arts uh, specialist as well. He has uh, not only uh, got his black belt himself, but he has trained every everyone from professional uh, athletes all the way through college athletes and people like me that are weekend warriors. But um, uh, when you see Kevin now and you th reflect back to a young man who was being bullied and small in stature and had trouble even tying his shoes, you talk about a transformation. And Kevin, um, I've seen enough of your work to know that your early childhood experiences are part of what fueled you. In fact, your transformation into a martial arts and that, that what became more than just a hobby, but became your profession was as a direct result of the bullying. It was somebody introducing you to it, right? At a young age. Correct. Correct. So what happened, good question, Jim. What happened is my uh, close uncle of mine, that was basically uh, my aunt, my auntie, uncle Henry, which who were like, who were like basically second parents to me. You know, he was a Navy guy. And, you know, after a year of kind of going to my mother, you know, I, 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 I kind of got stuck to my mother. My mother kind of had to push me away. I mean, she had her own stuff to deal with and try to keep the family together, keep the roof over our head. You know, I, to this day, I don't know how she did it. I thank her for doing it, but I don't know how she did it on, you know, she was working part time for the truant officer. I could never skip school because she worked for the truant officer. <laughs> she, she, yeah, she, remind, she reminded me of that daily. You know, I, I, I kind of kept going to her. I remember being 13 in the summer, you know, and she'd work till two. And I literally would, you know, get up, get up, have breakfast, kind of hang out, watch TV. And then about 11, you know, I'd walk to her work, which is a few miles away, just to get out of the house. And it was loneliest summer ever. Yeah. Walk to, walk to there. She'd give me some money. I'd go to Papa Gino's, get, you know, slice of pizza and fries and then drive home with her and then be, you know, back in front of the TV, you know, or I'd do stuff around the house, you know. I remember painting the back porch and one of my so-called friends come, came by and, you know, he's giving me a hard time 
and he, you know, he pushed my, my pan in the paint and I grabbed his pant leg, he, you know, yeah. and he's like, you know, I, I, he's like, I had to beat the crap out of you for that. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And my uncle pulled me aside one day. He says, I got an idea. He says, you know, I learned how to take care of myself in the Navy. He's like, I, I, I want you to take karate and we'll pay for part of it. Cause I know money's tight. I said, okay. All right. And I got into it and I never realized he thought I'd stay for a few months, beat the bullies up and I'd be, I'd be done. (laughs) You know? And you yourself say in your material and when you're talking to kids, remember, it's not about you. It's about them. In other words, the, the, the bully is not bullying you because you're damaged or you're a, you're a, you're, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with that person that they don't feel good enough about themselves. So they have to get on top of other people. Exactly. But how ironic that you got a guy that looks like you now that was the kid that was being bullied then. And that's kind of the message. Um, And I think it's a very powerful image for kids. And I've seen you talking in front of groups on YouTube and you're standing there looking the way you do saying, I got bullied. Uh, And and it it happens to all of us. So there's certain people that, uh, that they know who they are in the book, the names are different that they want to go drop the book you know, at their feet and punch them in the nose. Yeah. yeah. Certain friends of mine. Sure. You know, I, you know, the, the, the good news, one thing I learned from my dad because he was, and my mom, um, but he was uh, a building inspector. He just seemed to know everybody in the town, everybody. And he would cut people slack and, you know, the whole bit and the whole nine yards, you know, I have this vivid memory of, you know, the, the last day, the, the burial, the funeral, and, you know, Broadway is one of the longest streets in Everett, and the cars just went on forever. Yeah, yeah. Just forever. That's one thing I remember to this day. Yeah. Like I, I said to my sister the other day, I said, you know what? I said, the, the whole wake thing, my sister and I, I, I had figured out, I said, by the time, I said, by the time dad died, I said, we, you and I had gone to 10 funerals within 10 years. We went to a funeral almost every year. Wow. You know, and Perfect. it was, it, you know. Very unusual for that age. Yeah, you know, and you know, stuff wasn't talked about. Like, we, you know, I had a close cousin of mine that was gay. Nobody talked about it. Right. He ended up, you know, he ended up dying in the late nineties of AIDS, AIDS-related symptoms, and you know, no, nobody. My aunt was always pretty public about it, but nobody else really talked about it. Well, you've seen Saint Elmo's Fire, the movie, and yeah. and, they, and they're at the table and they say well, they can't talk about the fact that the aunt has cancer. You know, they all whisper the word cancer and, and that's happily changed. And that's part of what we're talking about here is one of, one of your strategies for kids is to stand up and say something and to ask yeah. for help. Um, and, and that's something that when I was a kid, you didn't ask for help. That was the weakest thing you could do. And today, as we all know, it's the strongest and most noble thing you can do. Exactly. Have the courage to speak up, right? Exactly. No, that's, that's the exact truth. I mean, I think that, that happens with just about anything. If you have a problem, any type of problem, you know, is the, is the get professional help. I, I've been in situations where, you know, I've had to ask for help, didn't want to, but ask, you know, basically ask for help, you know, cause you figure, Oh, you can handle it. You can handle it. You can handle it. And sometimes you can't handle it. You know, the strength, the, I think the greatest strength is knowing is knowing what you don't know. And, and having the courage to speak up about it and, and bring in those resources. So, for instance, Tom Brady doesn't walk to the gym and say, I got this licked. 
or doesn't no. walk in, walk up to his uh, to, to decide what to do nutritionally and say, I've got this. He has specialists that come in and help him to create what he wants to create. He says, here's my goal. I need to get there. I'm going to call in the Kevin Kearns of the world for this. I'm going to call in a nutritionist for that and get my specialists in and get moving. And I think it's true. It's a great metaphor for all of us. And that's that's where the real strength and wisdom comes in. Um, but back to the, the martial arts, you get into, hooked into this and it becomes not just a, a passing hobby, but it becomes a career. And, and, and what did you do for martial arts? Your uncle's gift set you on a path. What path was that? You know, so I, I started with Kempo Karate, United Studios of Self-Defense, you know, Charlie Matera, Paul Taylor, great guys, learned a lot from him. You know, and I remember the one bully in particular I had an issue with, you know, he went to kick me one day when we were going to Sunday school and I grabbed his leg and swept him. That was the last time he actually, that was the last time that he actually touched me, but he was good at getting other people to come after me. Interesting. Interesting. So he was good at, he was good at manipulating people. And I talk about, I talk about, uh, you know, one of the guys in the book, I think, I think he's actually dead now. But, you know, one of the guys that he that he sent after me that was, you know, when we got to high school, that was enormous. Mm-hmm. You know, I had breaks of being left alone and, you know, I built real friends. Now, Kevin, um, but so I assume when you do the sweet move and the word gets out that this this kid is is proficient in martial arts, one of two things happens. Either one, stay away from him or two, haha, let's challenge him. Which was it or was it both? Uh, I think it was a little bit of both. You know, it's funny because he left me alone for a while. The other thing, you know, I was good at is making friends. So probably a year or so after I was there at the at the United Studios, do you know? Do you know that it's? I think it's called something else, but it's still in Everett Square. Really? Still there? Have yeah. you been back? I haven't been back, but actually, funny story, real quick, not to change subjects, is. You know, I, I've worked with 15 UFC fighters when the UFC was really blowing up 10 years ago. And I was out at, out at a fight with one of my main guys, Kenny Florian. And I decided to, uh, Charlie, Charlie Matera, still, he, he's the main owner of United Studios, one of the, pretty much one of the largest martial arts fran- franchise. And he has a school in Vegas that he basically runs. So I decided, I said, you know what, I've got to, say hi to him i walk in he knew exactly who i was exactly who i used to hang out with he's no like he used to hang out with oh yeah he used to hang out with bobby carboni and tommy spellman i'm like that's it that's great i was like you know i Did said you- yep i said going going to that martial arts school till i was um 17 18 i said you know that stuff you know changed changed my world yeah yeah so so you become again uh, i'd say proficient but you're 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 in martial arts and but it definitely becomes a passion uh and you know it's gonna it's gonna take you far how long before you uh as a as a older teenager when you graduate high school how long before you decide this is going to be a profession for you i should say fitness and in generalized uh, what you're doing yeah so so what happened what, what happened at the martial arts school they, they brought in a universal and some weights. So I got friendly with some of the older guys that were in the twenties that looked like big gym. And I said, Hey, can you guys teach me how to lift? And then I got, I got hooked on lifting and that was it. And, you know, I went from, you know, 13 at like one thirty. by the time I was 15, I was 150 and I was, you know, uh, I was bench pressing two and a quarter, 275, 275, you know, five, seven. 
Yeah, I'm only five seven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's incredible. You're benching how much? Uh, I think my best bench was two seventy five at fifteen, sixteen. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, you know. And now at that point, I'm sure words around <laughs> that that Kevin Kearns is is benching, you know, well into the twos, almost to the threes. Um, did you play any sports at that point? My big thing was martial arts. And then I saw some flaws because there was no grappling in it. Because I'm not, I'm not an MMA guy. You know, my, my background is in a bunch of different, bunch of different, different you know, different disciplines. And, and, and I don't call myself an expert. Um, you know, back in 2005, yeah, back in 2005, I got exposed to uh, Muay Thai, Thai boxing, um, and Filipino stick fighting and Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I've tried it a couple of times. It, it just didn't, it just didn't sit with me, yeah. but the Muay Thai and I, I took Western boxing as well, really connected with me, yeah. you know? How, do, how did you know to, that you could commercialize or monetize your hobby? I didn't. You didn't? I didn't. I just kind of, this kind of just all kind of fell together. I, uh, I was probably my, I was probably 19 or 20. I think I was 20. Met, I haven't seen him in years, unfortunately. Met a training partner of mine, this guy, Alfred Jackson, who was, you know, six years older, ex-military, and we became good friends and started taking all our classes together. And then we started thinking, geez, let's go, you know, I, I want to do something related to, you know, to muscles and movement and stuff like that, or something in the health field. We started thinking about going into physical therapy because back then, you didn't need a master's. All you needed was a bachelor's to go into PT. So we looked into that and, you know, I'm probably 20, almost 21. I was working, I worked in the pizza industry for years. You know, I worked at the first Petucci's um, ever. And one of the waitresses that I was friendly with went to UMass Boston and, you know, you have your catalog and you got to, now I'm going, now I'm going to, start September and you know I'm not familiar with the school and you know the whole bit and I said well I better take some PE classes to keep them off my back right so we're going through the catalog and she picks up she's like oh you got to take this class exercise physiology 101 with Dr. David Thomas she said it's a really good class I said okay took that and I remember the first week of lectures now, I haven't talked to Dave in like 10 years but I reached out to him like 10 years ago I remember take the first week of lectures in exercise physiology 101 and I literally got hooked. I'm like, this is what I want to do. This is, and it. This, is before, this is before I switched my whole major. The next week I switched my whole major over. I switched everything over, dropped all my nursing courses and I sit, you know, and changed my minor to exercise physiology. Literally. One of the great messages that you share with kids is to find their passion and, and how important it is to have a passion. It's to have something that, that can be a lifelong, as you say to a group of kids that I was watching on YouTube, what is the one thing that you can't do without, that you can't live without? And kids are yelling out swimming and horseback riding and dance and golf or whatever it happens to be. And, and what a powerful and important message that is, because these days, so many people are living somebody else's version of their lives, whether it be... Uh, people that have been told that from a young age that they need to go out and put on a suit and tie and get behind a desk. Nothing wrong with that. If that's your passion, 
but uh, but many people are living other people's versions of what they love when they really want to do something else. And here it is, you had this gift which you gave yourself, which was you listened to your inner ear, your inner self, when you saw that fitness thing. You didn't connect it to a career. You didn't connect it to dollars and cents. You knew it was in your heart that that's what you wanted to do, right? Yeah. And also, the second part of that is, Kevin, I'm very interested in that your life's passion and work has become about helping other people, yet you were somebody that was picked on by other people. And how interesting that that shift is. I mean, you, you don't just do it part-time. This is what you do for a living. You wrote a book on it. You lecture on it. Your entire life, of per whether you're training in groups or you're training one-on-one -on -one or you're training professional athletes, it's all the same goal is to help somebody else, and you call yourself Coach Kearns. So that's that's your entire life is about helping other people, and it starts in college. It's really interesting to me. You know, I, I appreciate that, Jim. You know, I, the coach thing just kind of stuck. Yeah. Um, what ended up, and I think, you know, I've been in this business for 28, going on 29 years as far as personal training. I got into it very young. You know, I, I, I kind of started this. My my girlfriend at the time, which unfortunately my ex-wife, but it is what it is. And uh, she said to me at the time, she's like, "Why don't you start your own company?" I'm like, "Why don't I?" And that's when that's when the original company, the Fitness Connection, was born back in, I think that was 1990. Yeah, yeah, and and you and you you have a series of DVDs that that were produced. My first DVD was 2005. The Fitness Connection went on for a while. Yeah, I did did very well. Like exploded overnight. I opened the gym, did fairly well with the gym in the beginning, and then the market crashed. Berman Kearns was born. It, you know, it came out of, you know, I used to be more into bodybuilding, and then I got into functional strength training uh, because of people like Juan Carlos Santana, Mike Clark, and guys like that that I met at the Perform Better seminars, got hooked on it, you know, all this different stuff. So, you know, I, I don't even call myself an, an expert because – I've been in the field for a long time. I don't know everything. I'm not going to claim to know everything. You're never going to do an exercise protocol I haven't done it myself. Yeah. Well, that's a big part of what hooks me on your on your on you is <laughs> is watching you work out. Um, and because I, I told you a little bit about my story, and I recently came to understand that I could do a lot more than I thought I could. And all of those cliches about you're only as old as you think you are, and all that stuff. They actually come out of truth because people, our bodies, as you know better than I do, our bodies have the capability to do so much more than we, than we do for ourselves. What is it the key to get somebody like me, Kevin? And this is, I know this is where the coaching part comes in. What, what are the methods you employ to get someone like me at 50 years old, that they just walk in off the street to you and say, here I am, I need help. How do you get them to connect that it's possible to attain a level of fitness that even approaches where you're at right now? Good question. What I try to say is, is that, look, if I can do it, you can do it, right? It's real simple. And they'll say, well, you have a head start. I'm like, I get that. I have had a head start. And I, and I look at them, I said, technically, I said, if you want to get technical by exercise physiology you know, data, if somebody comes to me that's in, a, in their 50s or whatever, that's completely out of shape, and says, you know, I need help, just like you said. They will get more results in a shorter period of time than I will because 
I'm at the point, and you're probably at the point too, if you've been doing it for a while, that we're maintaining. We get these little blips of an increase in this or an increase in that, but somebody starting from ground zero, starting, all, starting from you know nothing, will get the most dramatic because the body responds to exercise. The body, the mind responds to exercise. And you start, you know, I had a friend in Ireland that uh, he won a challenge, you know, our, our Beach Bar Transformation eight-week challenge. And I said, you know, what do you want to do? He's like, I want you to give me, <laughs> you know, he's a close friend of mine. And uh, he's like, I want you to give me a new engine. I said, okay, you sure you want that? <laughs> he's <laughs> like, yeah. So I gave him uh, the, one of my original programs, kind of how the, that, that I learned from Vern Gambetta. Um, it was called Burn What Vern, this crazy circuit training workout that has 30 exercises. And, you know, day one ends up being a rest day where basically the formula is you're going uh, upper body, core, lower body in that type of cycle, but you're doing 30 exercises. Okay. And 30 different types of exercises. 30 different just, types. Okay. Yep. Not just 30 reps. So there's a hell of a lot more going on there. Okay. No. And, and the goal is to get one rep, 20, minimum 20 reps, maximum 30 reps, one rep per second. And you're going 30 seconds of work and you have 15 seconds rest. Right. So that's day one. Day two kicks it up a notch. Day two is 45 seconds of work, same exercises. 15 seconds of rest, and every third exercise you're doing a minute of cardio. Now, that sounds like a lot too. Now, day three is the real <coughs> killer. Day three is 45 seconds of work, 15 seconds of rest, but then 45 seconds of cardio between every exercise. In eight weeks, he's dropped like 10 pounds. He's like, you know, I've got a new engine. He goes, after about three, maybe four weeks, he said, um, He's a coach. He's like, I know what it feels like to have a new engine now. You know, I'm starting to see my abs on the side. I still get a little bit around. And he's 50. You know, everybody's commenting. And um, it, it kind of, it came the, it, it became the foundation. One of my clients said, Tim, this is how Burma Currents was born. One of my clients said, why don't you just call it Burma Currents? And I went, boom. Why don't I? I want to remind everybody, we're speaking with Kevin Kearns. You can find Kevin Kearns on Facebook. You can find him on the web. Uh, importantly, Kevin, how can somebody reach out to you if they want to uh, want a consultation? I'm a phone guy. 508-404-8503. Go to burnwickkearns.com, beachbartransformation.com, on our second website. You know, send me an email. What, the uh, phone number one more time? 508-404-8503. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. And I'm going to recommend people also take a look and pick up the book at uh, Amazon.com. Uh, it's always picked last, and it's Kevin's uh, book that he wrote uh, designed for uh, anybody to read, but it's been used in classrooms. Uh, it's been used actually internationally. Kevin's spoken internationally on this subject, and it's a, it's the topic of bullying. And I love how this circle comes full circle. I love how Kevin goes from just the picture of of a kid that's being bullied, uh, the weakest kid on the block, the kid that's down and out. He finds mixed, he finds martial arts, 
he creates not only a, a personal passion and love for it, but he creates a business that's built on helping other people around this. And now uh, wouldn't even want to guess his body fat percentage and I'll bet his resting heart rate is somewhere in the low 40s. No, 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 no. It's like 60 something. <laughs> well, whatever. But, uh, but, uh, but my point is that uh, he not only has um, uh, transformed himself, but looks to transform other people. So I really encourage you to get out, look at his YouTube content. I've been doing it. It's very, very motivating. And importantly, Kevin's a really personable guy. Great to talk to, easy to talk to, and um, w w which is why people use Kevin as a coach, as a life coach. And um, for me, Kevin, the, 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 the notion of fitness, it start, starts and ends with the mind. And, and when you feel like you're capable physically of other things, then suddenly all sorts of things become possible, both personally, spiritually, from a business perspective. Do you, do you find that, 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 that people that, are, that, that attain this new level of fitness start to gain confidence in all areas of their lives? Yeah, I think so. I definitely think so. I think, you know, fitness is a way to build confidence. Fitness is a way to manage a lot of stress, you know, Especially in today's environment, we've got to manage. We've got to manage the stress. You know, the whole COVID thing is something that is affecting everybody, not just you know. What ages do you work with from a fitness perspective? Personal training. I've worked with kids as young as six and as adults as old as in their eighties. During this COVID time, can people uh, take classes uh, virtually with you? Or are you doing? Oh online? yeah, oh yeah. I've I've got a bunch of. Uh, online, I, I train people online all the time. I've done it. I do corporate too as well. Oh. <laughs> Nudging up to my 60th birthday. I appreciate that. Well, I, I, I've got, you know, the guy I'm training in, the, in uh, like 30 minutes is only in his 20s. There you go. Kevin, um, if somebody wants to, to uh, I know that you've got some group classes going on. You, I saw you were doing an exercise session, uh, Facebook Live where people could go on and, and, and basically work with you. And, and there was a tip system there, but uh, how does somebody best access you uh, to get more information? Do they go on Beachbody Transformation and can they find class schedules there? How do they do it? They can go to, they can go to Beachbody Transformation. Beachbody Transformation is kind of our, our program. You know, we've got a, an eight week, we've got a four week, we've got a monthly, we've got are a bi-weekly. Are those group settings in, in, or, or can you do either? You can do individual, individual. individual. Those, are, those, are our those are our package programs. Got it. You know, somebody says to me, hey, what can you do with me in eight weeks? I'm like, well, let me show you. Yeah. And, you know, they're getting a program every week from us. Well, well you just gave us an example of somebody in eight weeks that lost 10 pounds and sees uh, real results. And, and that's what I want just from personal experience. And I'm no, I know it's like gained the COVID-20 with everybody else. But I'm just telling you. Uh, that you can see results in what you're going to think is a very, very short period of time, right? Because the body was made to move. Um, yeah. The other, the other thing that is interesting to me, Kevin, and I'm interested in your expert opinion on this, is that if we, what is the, what is the risk that we run by not doing anything with our bodies oh. at the time as we age? What are the problems? After age 35, you lose a half a, if you do nothing, you lose a half a pound of muscle and gain a pound of fat every year. A half a pound of muscle and gain a pound of fat every year. And, and I think that's why we see a lot of people walking around with the curve curvature in their spine that goes sort of towards their belly and the belly hanging out because they're losing the ability to support their frame, right? And yep. gaining fat, right? So, so obviously cardiovascular disease, 
uh, diabetes, um, and all the other attendant diseases. But if, if, if just thinking about that, Kevin, the alternative, what can, what can I do or what should I be doing if I'm over the age of 50 now uh, to maintain the muscle? Generally, what I tell people, I mean, yes, is cardiovascular fitness important? Correct. It is important to get some type of cardiovascular work. And you do want to do some type of strength training, whether that be calisthenics, weight training, bands, medicine balls, anything like that, because that type of training, which is basically anaerobic, that builds lean muscle mass. Now, years ago, 20 years ago, they thought you couldn't build any, any more lean muscle mass after age 35. Well, I believe it was in 87 or 90, maybe it was 90. We, I knew this for years. We all kind of knew it in the gym because I used to see guys in the gym in the 60s working out that looked like they were in their 40s. So I'm like, you know, that theory is wrong. You know, that theory is complete garbage. And uh, it was a small study, actually, it's a small study. Yeah, it was a small study done here in Boston with an elderly center. I think it was the JCC who did, a, who did an impact study on strength training with the elderly. And then they were finding them that they were getting rid of their walkers. They were going bowling and everything. So they, they realized that you could build <laughs> lean muscle mass at any age. And it gets back to what I was saying before. There's so much in our culture that tells us as you get old, where you hear people say, well, at my age, I can't do that anymore. And it's almost like they talk themselves into it. And what we're talking about with Coach Kevin is having somebody talk yourself back to the fact that you can not only is it possible, but if you follow the plan and you stick with the program, that you will see results in as short as eight weeks. So I encourage uh, everybody to get out with Burn with Kearns, Beach Bod Transformation. Uh, go to Facebook, go to the uh, website, give Kevin a call, uh, and and get started because I don't care how old you are, you will see results. And I am here to tell you personally, having gotten to know Kevin, you can't find a better guy to uh, both motivate you, but more importantly, kind of become your friend along the way. Kevin, I really appreciated this time that we spent together. That wraps up our conversation with Coach Kevin Kearns. You can reach Kevin Kearns at 508-404-8503. You can also find him on the internet at burnwithkearns. That's K-E-A-R-N-S dot com. You can email him at burnwithkearns at M-E dot com. And you can find his book, Always Picked Last, on Amazon.com, and it is now available with Kindle. That'll do it for Chapters. We'll see you next week.